0: Hello again, Fight Fans, and welcome to episode number 299 of the Neutral Corner Boxing Podcast. I am your host, Michael Montero, for Ring Magazine, ringtv.com, and the Ring Digital YouTube channel, where you are watching me live right now. This is TNC 299 for the week of February Five And as always, I remind you guys, please make sure that you're subscribed here to the Rings YouTube channel. Click that notification bell so you never miss a live video of the show. And uh, if you guys want to support the show, go over to my website. It's MonteroOnBoxing.com. That's MonteroOnBoxing.com. You can go over there and get all my links, including a link to the video playlist of this show, but also uh, the podcast, the audio pod, which you guys know is on podcast platforms around the world at Montero Unboxing. And um, also there, you can order Montero Unboxing tees, M O shirts and you could donate to the show. That is the way you can help me out the most, okay, and spread the word about the show. Because uh, this is no ads here. We don't do ads. I don't want to bombard you guys with a bunch of that stuff. I give you my little spiel up front, and then we get right into it, right? So, um, yeah, the best thing you guys could do, share the – just spread the word about the show. Share the show. And then get over to MonteroUnboxing.com. And if you want to just – if you just want to tip the show a dollar, if you're like, yo, man, I thought the show was fun today, boom, you can go – you can scan my QR code for uh, Zell for – Uh, venmo you can do paypal whatever man just send me a dollar it's all good just just to show appreciation and several of you guys have been doing that i truly truly appreciate it we got some mlb t-shirt orders this weekend so the site seems to be working which means i didn't completely screw it up so that's good because i'm not the most tech savvy individual we got a bunch of you guys over here in the chat including glenn R from australia he says Good morning from Australia. That's pretty damn awesome, Glenn. Good day, mate. Uh, Let me me ask you something, Glenn. Is it like really annoying when dumb Americans like me say, good day, mate? Does that like piss you off? (laughs) I wonder. Uh, I probably just pissed you off, right? Just let me know. I'm curious. Uh, I won't even try to do the accent because I know I'll butcher it. Tommy Boseo in the chat. What's up, Tommy? He says, how about those LA Rams? Yeah, man. You guys see me rocking the LA Rams cap. I have to. I have to. We got Tommy, of course, watching from Montreal, up there in Canada. We got several of you Canadians. Uh, Ch- Chad's in the chat. He goes by Papa Chubby here, but it's uh, it's Chad. Um, and yeah, I, I gotta say for you guys in Canada, congrats! World Cup qualifier. Uh, you guys won two to zero against the United States of America, and um, that's awesome news. It, it's been a crazy ordeal a lot of different stuff going on up there in Canada right now and things have been kind of crazy for you guys lately. So I know that was a huge, huge thing for you guys to, to uh, <clears throat> be excited about and rally behind. So congrats on that. Oh, Glenn gave me a pass. He says, now nah, we expect it. All right. Thanks Glenn. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, yeah, man. So um, yeah, congrats to you guys up there in Canada or as one of my cousins who can't pronounce it correctly says Canadia. He honestly can't say Canada. He calls it Canadia. He's a genius. All right. Um, you know what? I got to talk a little bit of football. I just talked uh, non-American football, right, when I talked about that World Cup qual- qualifier. But I want to talk a little bit of American gridiron football real quick because I know some of you are going to be like, oh, my God, Mike. I'm out of here. Just, just, just bear with me because it's actually going to correlate to boxing. All right? I'm going to do something here. Get ready. No, seriously. Um, The NFL playoffs have been fun. I don't watch the NFL like I used to um, for a lot of different reasons, but um, I have really enjoyed the playoffs this year. And some of the political stuff that was going on with the NFL, like the vaccine mandates, they like canceled all that, put it all on hold for the playoffs. Cause even they understood uh, we need our best guys in there. We need, you know, the Aaron Rodgers and those sorts of guys in these games to make them great. And wild card weekend had some blowouts, but the divisional round in uh, yesterday's uh, conference championships were outstanding. Really, really were. So first of all, I'm happy for the LA Rams for a few reasons. And I, and I want to, you guys know I'm from Detroit, obviously, and I've lived in a million different places. Uh, the military moved me around, but my jobs, my various jobs over the years have moved me around and through boxing, I've traveled all over this country. Right. And now I live in Atlanta, but I lived in Los Angeles throughout my thirties. I lived there for 10 years. And I, the thing is, I was always a Rams fan, even going back to, so when I was really young, they were the LA Rams. Then they moved to St. Louis and when they played in St. Louis, uh, they had Jerome Bettis or actually that goes back to LA. Sorry, but Jerome Bettis played for the Rams. Jerome Bettis was their running back and, um, Jerome Bettis is from Detroit so I think it was I think it went to McKenzie High and um so so we were all fans everyone in Detroit would watch him play for the Rams so everyone in Detroit was kind of because you know the Lions were never great we all pulled for the Lions they're our lovable losers but we would watch our, our local guys who went out, you know, and played for other teams. So we'd watch Jerome. And, of course, later on he played for, for Pittsburgh, and I'd watch him there too. And he got a Super Bowl there, which was awesome. But so, also, guys, I don't think a lot of you know this. Um, the year before I moved to L.A., the job I was working at the time moved me to St. Louis and then laid me off. And then I moved to L.A. with no job. Uh, that's when I kind of decided, fuck it. I'm, I'm just going to go, man. I've been talking about it. I'm just going to go and we'll see what happens. Right. But I lived in St. Louis for a year when the Rams were there. And uh, that was pretty cool, too, being able to go to some of those games. I live like half a mile from the stadium, I live downtown. So, um, you know, I could walk up there. And I walked up to, uh, I can't remember the name of the other place where the Blues play. The hockey team there, and there were some. Don King put on a couple of uh fight cards there when I lived in St. Louis. Uh, Corey Spinks fought a couple. Uh, I don't know if I saw Devin Alexander, but anyway, so I followed the Rams before they went back to LA. Then, of course, as we were getting ready to leave Los Angeles, the last couple of years we were there, LA uh, got the Rams back. So I've been a Rams fan for a minute. Um now if the rams play the lions i'm going to pull for, i'm always going to pull for the lions right but in this super bowl i'm pulling for la they went a couple of years ago came up short i actually think they're going to win i think they're going to win this super bowl the other team of course is the cincinnati bengals um and, and i'm really really happy for the people of cincinnati um eric Lorta, who hosts the ringside reporter show i actually messaged him last night because i know that's where he's from and I just congratulated them because I'm like, man, you guys have been waiting for a long time, and this gives me as a Detroit guy hope because Cincinnati is like a Rust Belt town. Uh, it's not a big market, you know. It's a much smaller market than Detroit, even, and um, you know they don't necessarily get respect, you know, in the national media and all that. And if they can get back to the Super Bowl, maybe the Lions one day will have a chance. Here's the thing, though, guys. Cincinnati has actually been a couple times. Detroit's never been to a Super Bowl. Detroit was one of the original NFL teams. So, if you guys think about it, like in boxing, um, you had the original eight divisions, right? Then there were all these super and junior divisions, and then cruiserweight. Now we've got bridgerweight, all these other divisions. But if you go back to the original eight divisions, that's kind of like with football and Amer- American gridiron football. You go back before the Super Bowl era, there was just a handful of teams, and I don't remember exactly how many. It might have been eight. It might have been more than that. But the Detroit Lions were one of the original football teams here in America. They go way, way back. And if you go back before the Super Bowl era, the Detroit Lions were great. They were one of the best teams. They won a bunch of championships. But this was before the league merged and created the Super Bowl. You had the NFC, the AFC, this whole thing, right? I think the lions go back to like the NFC before it was the NFC, like that whole thing. So it's like Detroit had this really proud tradition of football, but then when it became the NFL, they've been crap. And honestly, Detroit lions, probably the worst organization in American team sports in the last 30, 40 years. And that's, that's my lifetime. So basically in my lifetime, they've been the worst. And every time I say that, people from Cleveland or, you know, other other towns where they've struggled will say, well, what about us? And I always have to remind them, at least you guys have been to a championship. At least you guys, you know, in my entire lifetime, the Detroit Lions have gone to one NFC championship, one, okay? I'm 42 years old. One and they got their asses beat now they got their asses beat by the Washington Redskins who won the NFL won the Super Bowl that year so that's okay but that's it man I think it was 91 I remember the year I I remember all of it I remember the commercials and stuff they were playing because one of our players got hurt he broke his neck he was paralyzed his name was Mike Utley and the team kind of rallied around him and went on this run anyway it's never happened since Matthew Stafford who I've been a big fan of since he, he started his whole career with the Detroit Lions, won zero playoff games his entire career, gets traded over to L.A., wins three playoff games, he's in the Super Bowl. Boom, <laughs> that quick. That's what Detroit does, man. Detroit Lions probably had the best running back in the history of football, at least one of them, Barry Sanders. Couldn't do anything with him couldn't do anything with him. They've they've had some great players over the years. He wasn't the only one, but uh, I loved watching Barry Sanders growing up. Anyway, one thing about the NFL, I got I got to get this off my chest real quick. They th- the league seems so desperate to find a replacement for Tom Brady. It's reminiscent of when Michael Jordan retired from the NBA and the NBA ratings All went down. They've never. The the ratings that the NBA has now are a fraction of what they were in the 80s and 90s when you had Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, and a host of other great players. You had these great teams, great rivalries. It's just not that anymore. But Michael Jordan was the most popular, right? And and arguably the best NBA player ever, certainly among the top two or three. And as far as branding, it's the most famous athlete of all time as far as his marketing and you know product sales and things like that right it's not even close he's he's the most famous ever and so when he retired the nba was so desperate every single time a new player came up they tried to make him the new jordan and it just screamed of desperation right and that's what the nfl is starting to do now cuz the rumors are that tom brady well first reports came out that tom brady is going to retire then um then he, he quickly they were like no 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 I, not so fast i don't know i don't think i'm retiring right so we don't know what he's gonna do so there was some premature sources reporting very reminiscent of what happens in boxing with certain reporters right uh that happened in the nfl this weekend but anyway man patrick mahomes okay kansas city chiefs uh starting quarterback And for those of you who are non-American and don't know American gridiron football as much, the quarterback is the most important position in the team by far. It's not even close. It's a quarterback-driven league, the NFL is. But even at the college level, the high school level, it is the most important position possibly in all of American team sports. The only position I'd say that's more important is the pitcher in baseball, all right? Just to put this into perspective, you win championships with quarterbacks, period, period. Defense, yeah, you could have a great defense, great offense. You got to have a great quarterback 99% of the time. There are exceptions. Okay, so Patrick Mahomes, really, really good quarterback, but the league is slobbing this guy's dick so fucking hard. They are desperate. For whatever reason, they've, they've selected him to be the new Tom Brady. This dude could drop his pants and take a shit at midfield And they'd be like, he's revolutionizing the game. No one's ever taken a shit before on the field. Oh, my God, we've never seen this. It'd be on the highlight reels on ESPN. They are just so desperate. And the kid's good. He's good. But he's not Tom Brady. Tom Brady has seven Super Bowls. He's played in 10 of them. I think he has four or five MVPs, right? And he got better as he got older. Mahomes had a great year in 2018 and has not played quite as well since. Statistically, he has not reached those heights in 2019, 2020, or 2021. He just has. He's gotten close, okay? And he's got probably one of the best offensive lineups ever. His offensive line is outstanding. He has the best tight end in football. He has the the fastest wide receiver in football, great running backs, great options to throw to, and the league lets his team get away with holding on virtually every play. So, again, Patrick Mahomes, good player, but really, really good player. But nowhere near the level of guys like Tom Brady, uh, Aaron Rodgers, who will be retiring soon, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, who retired a few years back. I mean, that era of quarterbacks is is going away. And now they want to bring in these new guys. And, And Patrick Mahomes isn't the only one, I should mention. There's several other guys they do this with. But Patrick Mahomes... Every commercial last night, he was in. Every damn commercial, he was in, right? They are trying so fucking hard. And my whole thing with the NFL, dude, just let these guys be themselves, right? Just like you can never replace Michael Jordan, you're not going to replace Tom Brady. Just let Patrick Mahomes be Patrick Mahomes. And shut up. Stop slobbing these guys. And the reason why I wanted to mention this, everybody, is because I feel like they do this in boxing. Everybody desperately wants... The next Floyd Mayweather, the next Manny Pacquiao, the next Oscar De La Jolla, the next Mike Tyson, right? We always hear the heavyweight division needs a, a new Mike Tyson to bring lifeblood back to it. Shut up. Let those guys had their era. You cannot replace them. There's, there's only one Floyd. There's only one Manny, right? There's only one Vladimir and Vitali. There's only one Lennox. Stop. Let these new guys develop. Let them fight each other instead of fighting these ancient fossils still hanging around. I say this as a 42-year-old who comp- still competes. But <laughs> um, but seriously, let these guys fight in their generation, and we'll find out who's legit and who's not. We don't need to like replace these guys from yesteryear. Let them have their thing. Let these new guys have their thing. All right, that is my NFL rant. I apologize for those of you who did not want to hear that. Just get past the first 10, 15 minutes of the show. You'll be fine. it will be okay. Tommy Boseo says, there's only one Jake Paul. Alistair Williams. And now we have one Nico Ali Walsh. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) Several of you guys said that. Mandeli said the same thing. Look, man. Again, I got nothing against Nico Walsh, but it's... Really, really funny. The way uh, ESPN is doing that thing over there. All right, let's get some news and notes. Okay, we've got a few things to hit on. Uh, For those of you just jumping on the show, hit that thumbs up. All right. And uh, again, for my Canadian friends, uh, congrats on your World Cup call of flyer win two to zero against the USA yesterday. Awesome for you guys. And you move on to the next level. And then I got my NFL rant out of the day. Now it's strictly boxing from here on out, all right? Unless you guys want to talk about something on the phones. All right, let's talk purse bid because that's everyone's favorite, right? Everyone loves the purse bid talk. Tyson Fury, Dillian White had a purse bid last week, and it was won by Frank Warren. It was get ready for it, guys. Get your erections ready. Your erections are going to beef up to all-time great highs here. This was an all-time record-setting purse bid. Oh, my God. Somebody just came. $41 million by Frank Warren. Uh, Matchroom was second with $32 million. So all the Matchroom haters, they're blowing their load right now, too, because they were outbid by $9 million. Yeah, so anyway, uh, Frank Warren says that Fury vs. White will happen uh, during the spring, and it will happen in the UK. Now, I think over there, I guess it would be Sky. Uh, It'll be pay-per-view over there, obviously, right? Here in America, I'm not sure if it'll be ESPN pay-per-view. I know Bob Aram has mentioned that, but maybe they'll rethink that. I don't know. Anyway, they got to get $41 million in revenue. So they got to do some big business. This has to sell tickets, which I think it will, if they. If they price things right and do it the right way, I do think this should be a sellout type of fight. Dillian White is a name over there with boxing fans, and of course, so is Tyson Fury. Now, uh, by the way, for, for you numbers guys, Fury gets 80%, that's 32.8 million. So this is a record high payday for him. Dillian White gets 20% or 8.2 mil. It's also a career high pay, a career high payday for him. So what I find interesting about this is Tyson Fury. His career-high payday was not with the three fights against Deontay Wilder. It's going to come against Dillian White. I find that kind of interesting. Dillian White making a career-high payday against Fury, that makes sense, right? That makes a lot of sense. I want to share my screen real real quick. Um, This is a a Twitter poll that I put out there. I'm going to refresh this, make sure I got it here. Uh, Today, I've got almost 1,500 votes. uh, Kind of surprising. I, I, you know, but I asked, uh, which heavyweight star, or I, I didn't say star, I'm just joking. Which heavyweight has the better wins, Deontay Wilder or Dillian White? So on the surface, I think a lot of people would just jump with Deontay Wilder because he was a long time WBC title holder and everything. But he, guys, I got to admit when I put his best win, obviously that's Luis Ortiz. But after that, I really struggled to find five top, top five victories for Deontay Wilder. I could only find three to put up there. I put Ortiz, I put Stavern, particularly the first one. I wouldn't even count the second win, but the first one over Stavern. And then I didn't know what to put at number three. I guess you could put Chris Areola, uh, but I put Arthur Spilka because that version of Spilka probably could have beat the version of Chris Ariola that Wilder fought. I, at least they'd be close, okay? But after that, I really don't know. I don't know who you put next. For Dillian White, I put Povetkin, and I know he was past, well past his best coming off COVID. He was still a top 10 rated heavyweight at the time. Might have been top five, actually. And um, I put uh, Joseph Parker, Oscar Rivas, Derek Tresora, who he beat a couple times, and then Robert Helanius. Now, Robert Helanius coming off a good win, and now he's getting up there in the ratings again. So on the surface, um, maybe some people would jump to Wilder, but Top to bottom, I think you can make a real strong case for Dillian White having the better resume in terms of who has the better wins. Almost 1,500 votes, 78% saying Dillian White. 78% of you agree with me, 22% of you disagree with me. Most of the people that disagree with me, uh, the reason that they say is because they rate Wilder's win over Ortiz over all of Dillian White's wins. I don't necessarily. I think, for instance, Joseph Parker Probably could have beat Luis Ortiz. I certainly think Alexander Povetkin, if he was in shape and healthy, could have Oscar Rivas, Derek Chisora, Robert Hellanius, They would have had a chance. They would have certainly would have had a chance. Um, but also, a lot of people are saying, "Well, Wilder's wins were explosive, and there were there were knockouts." Well, that's true. The first one over Staverne was a 12 round decision, and with Ortiz, he was down in both those fights on the cards before his uh, power you know, got the win for him. So I don't necessarily know if I would consider those um, dominant wins. He got the stoppage, but he was losing both of those fights. And Ortiz is still kind of this enigma in the heavyweight division because we really don't know how good he was. We just don't because he didn't fight anybody. His best win is still Brian Jennings coming off a loss. That's still his best win. So anyway, I, I thought that was a relevant poll to post today that's still up for uh another eh, almost another day if you guys want to get in there i pin that on my um my twitter profile but i think it's relevant because you know tyson fury his most famous wins at least here in america are over deontay wilder a lot of people are going to be looking at this fight against uh dillian white if dillian white gets destroyed And Tyson Fury knocks him out in three rounds or something, right? The Deontay Wilder's, I think, legacy will be upheld pretty. It'll help him. It'll be a notch in the Deontay Wilder fan's belt. But if Dillian White goes the distance and wins four, five, six rounds, let's say, uh, makes it very close and competitive and um, maybe gets a draw or loses close on the cards or something like that, that's going to hurt Deontay Wilder's legacy significantly because Wilder had three fights with Fury and he won maybe six rounds in three fights. Um, He didn't didn't win any in the rematch. He won maybe four in the first fight, maybe two in the second fight or I'm sorry, the third fight. And those were mostly around knockdowns that he scored, right? He did drop Fury four times. So that, that counts obviously, but in terms of, Rounds one, maybe six rounds in three fights. So if White can get anywhere close to that, four, five, six rounds in one fight against Fury, uh, that's going to be very telling, you know? So a lot of people are going to be paying attention to that fight as like a, I don't know, a benchmark, you know what I'm saying? Like like a placemaker. So it'll be interesting to see how fans react to that fight when it happens. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, Katie Taylor versus Amanda Serrano. This is a done deal for April 30th, Madison Square Garden in New York City. Of course, this will be on The Zone. And already the, the white knights and some of the activist types on Boxing Twitter are making this about gender rights and all that. And I don't want to get into a whole political rabbit hole here. But on the same night, according to – it's not official yet, but according to reports and interviews with Bob Aram and others – close to the situation. On the same night on the West Coast, you're going to get a fight between Shakur Stevenson and Oscar Valdez. So let me be clear. I like both fights. Both are outstanding fights. And in terms of women's boxing history, Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano might be the most important fight, might be the biggest fight and the most important Uh, fight in women's boxing history. You can really make the argument. It's certainly up there in the top two or three matchups ever in women's boxing. And I've I've stated this multiple times. The winner of that fight is hands down, undisputed pound for pound. Number one, female fighter on planet earth right now, no argument, right? All that being said, Shakur Stevenson versus Oscar Valdez is a bigger, more important fight. And that is the fight that I would watch live on that night. If both fights are live, they're at the same, it's the same night. I will watch Stevenson Valdez live. Now on the surface, I think that Stevenson Valdez may be more one-sided because I got to say upfront, I got to think about this, but upfront, I think Stevenson's going to win that fight pretty decisively. I think it'll likely go to distance, but he could win that fight eight rounds to four or something like that. And Taylor Serrano, I think, is going to be very close, very good, a lot of back and forth, and it's going the distance. It's going to be close on the cards. That's what I see. So the better fight in terms of action might be Taylor and Serrano. The better fight, though, overall, between the two more proven fighters, I mean, I tweeted about this last week, and I I hate to go here, okay? But Taylor fights in the lightweight division. She's the champion. I, I don't remember the exact number, but I want to say I could try to find it real quick. Uh, I guess in, in the uh, for for professional accuracy's sake, let, let me let me pull this up. So so bear with me for just a second, guys, because I want to make sure I get this right. Okay, but what I'm doing right now is I am looking up all of the licensed female fighters in the lightweight division, which obviously Katie Taylor is the champion of. And it's okay. So it's 121 globally, globally, the whole world. There are 121 fighters, female fighters at 135. So Katie Taylor is the undisputed champion of that division. Nobody disputes that at all, but she is the undisputed champion over 121 fighters around the world. Okay. 130 pounds, which is where Valdez and Stevenson will fight. There are 1,414. Licensed professional boxers that are men. So, the winner of that fight, because that's number one versus number two, that is going to be the legitimate champion at 130, super featherweight, junior lightweight, however you want to say it. And that person will be the champion of over 1,400 fighters. Between Taylor and Serrano, the champion of 120 fighters. Okay just to put things into perspective. And then we could talk about the amateur system and how many fighters are there and the depth of talent in the amateur system. People people know about Stevenson going to the Olympics. They forget about Valdez and his amateur accomplishments, okay? So these guys, the, the competition that they have faced and everything else, Guys, it's just a bigger fight. It should not be controversial for me to say that. And me saying that is not hating on women's boxing or anything like that. You guys know I'm a supporter of women's boxing. I vote for the Hall of Fame every year in the women's category. Uh, I was part of the group of journalists that started uh, women's boxing ratings at Ring Magazine. Okay, I've been there since the inception of women's ratings. So I am definitely for women's boxing. I'm just keeping it real. Okay. If that triggers you, that's on you. It's not on me last little thing. Um, well, a couple little things. So the IBF, they had this ongoing situation with Philip Hergovich and, um, he's supposed to fight somebody in a, an eliminator bout. And then the winner of that fight will be the mandatory challenger for Alexander Usyk who currently holds the IBF and, and several other heavyweight belts. Nobody wants this damn fight. I did a YouTube video talking about this on my channel and the reasons why. Apparently, I really thought Murat Gassiev would go for it. I know he's recovering from an injury, but I thought that he'd sign up for this, get recovered, and go into the fight. But even he turned it down. So they're having to go way down in the ratings. I don't know. Apparently, uh, Chinese heavyweight Zhele Zhang is interested in this, and maybe he ends up fighting. I know on the surface that doesn't seem like a really great fight, but he's a big, strong southpaw. I want to say he's like 6'6". Um, Hergovich is a big, strong fighter, both undefeated. What the hell, man? Go for it. Those are the two types of guys, th- th- those records, that should be fighting each other in an eliminator type of thing anyway. So I wouldn't mind seeing that. But, man, at some point they're going to like – I tweeted – you guys saw me on Twitter say. Uh, Joe Frazier and Joe Lewis have turned down the fight too. It just feels like everyone is passing on this last thing. Okay. According to source sources, quote unquote, Canelo Alvarez is mulling over two offers. One is to fight uh, Jamal Charlo on pay-per-view May 7th. And of course that would be like Fox pay-per-view or Showtime pay-per-view over on the PBC universe, or he could fight either two fight deal from Eddie Hearn and Matchroom to fight Dimitri Bevil May 7th. And then later this year in September, fight Gennady Golovkin at once. Both of those, I think, would be at 168. I'm not sure. Beevil might be 75. Don't quote me on that. But I know for sure Golovkin would be at 68. And so that's a two-fight deal. Now, again, this is according to sources. And there's one particular reporter who uses sources a lot and has been proven wrong in a lot of his stuff recently. So I'm not going to spend too much time talking about that. Just want to put it out there. Yeah. All right. So let's uh, jump to. Uh, I saw a super chat. Oh, we got a super chat from deed. Thank you so much, man. He says, uh, imagine if white becomes undisputed this year, dude, that would be fucking nuts. That would just be, that would be nuts. I don't see it happening, but you know what? If Delia white actually shows up in shape and Tyson Fury takes him lightly or whatever, just in terms of styles, I think white could have some success he can do things that Deontay Wilder can't. The one thing I question is, first of all, is stamina. Deontay Wilder's stamina is much, much better than Dillian White's. Also, the chin. I think the chins are probably equal. Uh, but the heart and the determination. Deontay Wilder has a lot of dog in him, especially against Tyson Fury for political reasons. Um, he wanted to – he'd rather die than than lose and give up against Tyson Fury. Against other fighters, maybe he would have been willing to kind of you know take a knee, but not against Fury. With White, it's it's just not it's not the same for him politically and stuff like that. So he doesn't have that anger and hatred in him. So he's not gonna come into the fight so determined to you know be carried out on a stretcher. If he gets hit real hard, maybe he he capitulates, you know. Um, so I I don't know. But dude, if if that happened, holy shit, that'd be crazy. That'd be crazy. Mitch Pryor says, mmm, donut. (laughs) All right. Let's, you know what? We got plenty to review and preview. So I'm just going to jump right to it, man. We're going to get right into this. I'm going to, I'm going to fly through this review because guys last weekend, I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. I watched the NFL games live Sunday. I didn't watch any live boxing this weekend. I actually, Enjoyed some time with my wife. Now, of course, I caught up on everything later after the fact, but I enjoyed time with my wife and with some friends. That's what I did this weekend because I looked at this and I was like, man, this is crap. So, uh, the ESPN card wasn't too bad. It, there were some decent fights on there hard Rock Hotel and Casino, Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's on ESPN Plus. And the main event, Robson, Concept with the unanimous decision over previously undefeated Xavier, uh, Xavier Martinez, uh, the 24-year-old out of Sacramento. This was basically a shutout for Conte Kyle. This was a good bounce-back win since his first pro loss to Oscar Valdez last September. And he marches forward for Martinez. This will be a great learning lesson for him moving forward. And then in Warren, Ohio, which I never heard of Warren. I looked it up. It's like an hour out of Youngstown. Maybe an hour northeast of Youngstown and south – I'm sorry, northwest of Youngstown and southeast of Cleveland, kind of like right in the middle of that. This small little town in Ohio, Don King Productions puts on a card at the Packard Music Hall. And in the main event, Lungua Jr. Makabu, his first fight in the United States, ekes out a split decision win over uh, Tabasu Munchunu, Second defense of his WBC Cruiserweight title, the one that he uh, won against Mikko Szyzlek for the vacant belt, I think uh, two years ago in 2020. I think just it was, I can't remember if it was before or after the pandemic and the shutdown. But what's interesting is that Polish fighter that uh, Makabu beat for the vacant title, he is about to fight Lawrence O'Coley. So we're going to find out what he is made of. In his performance against okoli they're going to fight next month. If he's remotely competitive with Okoli all right, maybe there's some substance there. But if Ocoli just steamrolls this guy, then we'll know what level that Polish fighter's at. And that's Macaboo's best win. So that will tell you what level Macaboo's at. Now, this fight was a rematch. These two fought back in 2015 in South Africa, where they're both based from. Uh, Macaboo, born in the Congo, Republic of Congo. but now lives and trains and everything out of South Africa and that's where Machunu's from. So they fought back there in 2015 um and there was a KO 11 win for Makhabu. This fight was controversial though man. One judge had it 115-113 for Machunu. The other two judges had a 15-13 uh, and 16-12 for Makhabu. But there are a lot of people out there who felt that Machunu should have got the W. But there's uh, there's conspiracy theories and this and that talk that Don King, who's always had a very cozy relationship with the WBC, wanted to secure that fight with uh, Macaboo and Canelo Alvarez that was talked about uh, recently. So now that fight's still possibly in play, we shall see. To be honest, guys, I'm gonna be 100% honest and keep it real, I didn't watch this damn fight. I had zero interest in watching this. This was a pay-per-view that Don King put on um, had this been on the zone or something, I absolutely would have checked it out. Had it been on Showtime, whatever I would have watched, but how was it going to pay for this shit? Are you crazy? No. Also in the co-main Trevor Bryan, who's not even a top 30 heavyweight, but somehow as a piece of the WBA belt, uh, got a split decision win over Jonathan Guidry, who I have no idea. I mean, this guy's not even a top 50 heavyweight. I don't know why he was in a so-called title fight. What's interesting is the judging. Uh, one judge had Guidry winning, and I think Guidry is how you pronounce it. He was down in the 12th, but he still had Guidry winning 115-112, which means he had him winning eight rounds to four. The other two judges had at 118-109 and 116-111 for Brian. So these judges were c- complete opposite scorecards. I-, I wonder what the hell happened there. But That's the WBA for you, and that's Don King Promotions for you. Why the hell would anybody sign a contract in this day and age with Don King? It just makes zero damn sense. I do not understand. Um, Torian Falk with the Super Chat. Thank you so much, bro. He said, uh, you missed Nico's awkward shuffle. Oh, dude, no, I saw that. I saw it on Twitter. Um, Nico Walsh did the Ali shuffle. Um, Yeah, I saw that. and. Hey, man, good for him. You know, I, I don't know. I, I I don't know what to say anymore. I know we're going to troll him. <laughs> just corrected me. He says, Nico Ali Walsh. <laughs> he just correct. I see what you, yeah. You called out of what I was doing and you called me out. I love it. Yeah, yeah. They, they shoved that Ali in there, don't they? Even though his legal name is Nico Walsh, they shoved that Ali in there. Gotta let you know. Uh, it's so funny, man. I really don't know what to say anymore about that situation. But you know what? Um, oh, Papa and Chubby says, I missed nothing, Mike. Yeah, that's how I felt. I felt that uh, I wasn't missing much by not watching that stuff. Twal said, Machunu should have won. You're not the only one who feels that way. A lot of people, a lot of people thought that. Um, oh, God. Oh, geez. Molly Wap said uh so uh, rugby sai pulled out forgot i totally forgot to mention that in the opening in the news but i'm going to mention it in the preview guys so but i, I should have mentioned that in the news and notes uh yeah so rugby sai is out uh this saturday but they got a pretty damn good replacement uh last second so i promise i'll talk about that um and they originally said it was covid but now he's saying no it's not covid it's 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 the flu I don't freaking know what to believe. So let's jump right into the preview. Actually, I got to read this comment. Papa Chumper says, click the like button, you lazy bastard. That's right. All he is. All he is. Click that. Click that like button. And also uh, Mitch says, Negroni's time six on Saturday night. We saw, hey, I had one Negroni. One. All right. But I did have a big plate of pasta. I I, I know. I, I felt bad afterwards. Because I'm like, you know, I got to start getting in shape and stuff. By the way, guys, um, quick tangent. Um, I can't talk about much of this publicly, but I had plans to do. I had some fight plans with a particular promoter. They will not be promoting shows for the rest of their life. That's all I can say on the record at this point. But crazy dramatic situation that came out of nowhere. It affected a lot of people. Um, <laughs> not good. That's all I can say. But um, not good. Hopefully I could talk more about it publicly soon. Um, not that I really want to because I'm sad about it. But my plans, uh, my fight plans for 2022 were absolutely shattered with something that happened uh, last week. Uh, I had no control over it. I didn't even know what happened. A friend of a friend in the industry showed me. a a news story. And I was like, what? Um, but because of that, uh, I don't know if I'm going to fight again because I had this very specific plan with a very specific promoter and now that's shot to hell. So I'm going to say, okay. Um, yes, let's do preview time. All right. Saturday, February five, there are several different shows going on that we got to talk about. So, at uh, the Motor Point Arena in Cardiff, Wales, uh, Chris Eubank Jr. fighting Liam Williams, who's coming off his loss to Demetrius Andre last April. This is a 12-round middleweight fight. It's supposed to happen last year, but there were injuries that postponed it, so it looks like we're finally going to get this one. All things considered, this is a solid matchup, man. This is a solid UK matchup. I think it's going to be a fun fight. Crowd's going to be great. Also on this card, Clarissa Shields. Fighting Slovenian Emma Kozin, who, um, I looked at her resume. This woman, Emma Kozin, no disrespect to her, but only two of her opponents, two of her opponents, currently have winning records. So she has defeated two opponents that currently have winning records. Again, this puts into perspective the talent pool, particularly when you get up, over 147 pounds in women's boxing. Okay. It is getting better. It is changing, particularly in the in the lower divisions. But the 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 level of opposition that that Clarissa Shields has faced as a pro, and it's no fault to her, but it's just it's not very good. But anyway, this is for Shields, uh unified 160 pound titles. So that's on that show as well. Now, here in the States, we have a couple of battling shows. Um uh Oh, let me real quick. Want to make sure? Um, Mitch says uh, Jake at Ring Article says not COVID. Yeah, so I, I'm pretty sure that's what I've heard too, and I, I think that's directly from Rungvisai's people. So let me get into this. Uh, Footprint Center, Phoenix, Arizona. Matchroom boxing on the zone here in the states. So this was supposed to be the rematch between Susiket Sor Rungvisai and Carlos Quadras for the vacant WBC. Super flyweight belt or junior bantamweight, I should say, either way. But Rungvisai is out. He is ill. At first it was reported. I think it was ESPN Deportes. ESPN is having major issues with their reporting recently, just and not only in boxing, by the way. I told you guys earlier about the whole Tom Brady thing. ESPN just so desperate to be first. They are really, really struggling with their reporting lately. Anyway, uh, it was first reported as COVID. Now, from Rung V-Sai's team, they're saying, no, we're just ill, probably the flu or something, but they're not ready to fight this week. I wonder, were they having trouble making weight? Hmm. Because... When you're having trouble making weights, the old, uh, oh, my tummy hurt. I, mommy, I have a tummy ache. I can't fight this weekend. Sometimes, you know, that comes out. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know. Wrong v size out. So Jesse Rodriguez, 14 and 0, I think he's like 24 years old, young kid out of San Antonio, has fought his career between 105 and 112. So naturally smaller guy, but he's young. Okay. He's going to settle in at 115, 118. He was supposed to fight on the undercard. He jumped at the opportunity to get into the main event. So this is a massive, massive opportunity for Jesse Rodriguez. Last-minute replacement for Carlos Quadras. So uh, let's see. I had a bunch of notes about the rematch, but of course that is off. Um, Quadras is coming off a TKO 11 loss to Estrada back in October 2020. No fights. In 2021. So considering where he is at an age, considering his activity level, having that fought in almost a year and a half and considering this extremely late replacement. Yes. The kid's inexperienced. Yes. The kid's smaller has never fought a a big fighter at this weight, big, strong fighter, but considering all those intangibles, man could see an upset special because on paper Quadra should win this fight. Right. But this is a huge opportunity for Rodriguez. It's going to be interesting to to see what he can do. I should also mention, I'll be covering this event for ringtv.com. So look for my recap there. Okay, guys. Also, there's a uh, women's championship fight on this card. Jamie Mitchell, Los Angeles uh, born fighter, who I think now is based out of Vegas, won a vacant belt, a vacant um, WBA bantamweight belt against Shannon Courtney, Last October, I think she traveled over to the UK. Really, really strong performance to do that. You know, comes back to America. This is her first defense against a UK fighter, uh, Carly Skelly. So that fight's also on this card. So again, go to ringtv.com for check out my recap there. It uh, probably posted late Saturday night, early Sunday morning for most of you. Let's talk about the pay per view fight. Oh boy, oh boy! In Las Vegas, PBC on Fox pay per view. It is the return of Keith, one time Thurman, going up against Mario Barrios. This is at 147 pounds. And some of you guys are saying, "We get we, Mike. Why are you mentioning the weight? We know Keith. He, he's he's a welterweight. Well, guess what? Mario Barrios isn't. That's why I mentioned the weight because his last fight, Mario Barrios, last June, he was at 140 and he got knocked out by Javante Take Davis. Keith Thurman is also coming off a loss. His loss was against a part-time senator, part-time fighter, Manny Pacquiao, back in July of 2019. So he hasn't fought in two and a half years. And Keith, just between us guys, Keith was supposed to win that fight so then Keith could get the Errol Spence fight. Keith screwed that up by losing to Manny. So one guy hasn't fought in two and a half years coming off a loss. The other guy hasn't fought since last June, where he lost, got knocked out by a lightweight, and now he's moving up in weight off that KO loss. But wait, guys, it gets better. Leo Santa Cruz, who also was KO'd by Javante Take Davis, in 2020 at 130 pounds, is fighting a fighter out of Phoenix, Keenan Carbajal, who has a terrible resume, in a complete showcase fight, at 126. Now, why do I mention weight here? Because Leo Santa Cruz fought at 130 pounds twice. He moved up, fought for a vacant belt, won it, and then fought Gervonta Davis. And Davis won that fight by knockout, got to claim another belt, right? Because now he's like 18-time champion Gervonta Davis. Somehow, somehow, through all that, Leo Santa Cruz kept his other sliver of a WBA title at 126 still has it, even though he hasn't fought at 126 in three years. So let me repeat. Okay. Leo Santa Cruz had a portion of the, cause there's like 5,000 WBA belts in every division, right? He had a portion of it, of their belt at 126 was brought up by PBC for two fights to make way for a Javante Davis fight and get him another belt, wins a vacant belt, loses to Javante. Now he's going back down to 26, and that WBA belt still waiting there. So as far as I'm concerned, the belt that Davis won off of Santa Cruz at 130 is rubbish, right? The only true title that Javante Davis has won was against Pedraza back in like 2016, 2017. But Leo Santa Cruz is coming off that loss in 2020. I don't think he fought at all in 2021, and moving back down in weight, uh, still has a belt somehow. And he's going up against a journeyman. So this is a total showcase fight for him. He's one of Al Heyman's favorites. He even named one of his kids after Al. This is going to be a W for Leo. Also on this fight, or this card, another guy coming off a loss. Luis Neri coming off a KO7 loss to Omar Figueroa, I believe last year. Going up against Carlos Castro, a 27-0 fighter who has one solid win. I think he beat Oscar Escandon. Who's um, you know a faded veteran, but an experienced one. He got a W off of him. Other than that, his resume is not very good. 27-0 looks real good, but this is another gimme layup fight for Luis Neri. I, I do think Cash Neri's in there with a better fighter than Santa Cruz is, it'd be a pretty good fight. Look, all three of these fights in terms of style matches, okay, are gonna be fun. They'll they'll be good. But the fact that you've got of these three fights six fighters four of them are coming off of losses several of them off of knockout losses and several of them are moving up or down in weight coming off those knockout losses and this is a pay-per-view and it's a 75 dollar pay-per-view is atrocious it's just you you cannot defend this you absolutely cannot defend this being on pay-per-view but people will, and I get that. People say uh, Mario Barrios is a former champion. Look, guys, there's a theme here. You're gonna hear. You're gonna hear me use a couple more words that I've used several times already: vacant and WBA. Mario Barrios won the vacant WBA belt in a robbery, a fight that he lost on the Spence Porter card. Defended it once, and then handed it over to Tank in a business transaction. Look, man, I was there at that Spence Porter card. Uh, Barrios lost that fight. So, this card again. If this was on regular Showtime, I'd have no issue with this. If this was on Fox, whatever. Okay, I would. I would tell you guys this is a a fun. These these fights are fun. They're not. They don't really mean much for the division of you know for the fighters that they're the division that the fighters are fighting in. But fun matchups. You'll enjoy this card. But this being on pay per view. So I looked at Fox, right? Because this is Fox pay-per-view. I looked at their schedule, their programming schedule for this Saturday night. There's a show called The Cleaning Lady. I don't know what the hell that is, but a show called The Cleaning Lady that comes out at nine o'clock and that that airs from nine to 10 p.m., which is when this this pay-per-view card will start at nine. So this pay-per-view is going up against The Cleaning Lady. (laughs) Now, after The Cleaning Lady... From ten p m to midnight, it's quote unquote local programming, which basically means um TV commercials and stuff like that, right? Uh, like advertisements and stuff for like little gadgets and shit. so that's what this card's going up against on Fox. Fox wanted Fox would rather spend money on the cleaning lady for their national programming, and then from ten to midnight. No national programming. It's just local programming. So, you know, your local news or whatever. Oh, the weather tonight, you know, we have rain. and That's what's going to, that's what they would rather put their money on that than pay for this fight to be on their network this Saturday. So that tells you how interested and how invested Fox is in the PBC experiment right now. When the cleaning lady and local programming is taking precedent over championship boxing, quote-unquote, uh, that's a sad day. That's a really sad day. The network did not want to pay for this fight. And I, I mentioned this because I was thinking this week – or this weekend, sorry. Um, remember a few years ago the the common thing from – like when, when you talked about um, – When all these fighters went to the zone, when Anthony Joshua, Canelo Alvarez, Matchroom, Golden Boy, all went to the zone and the top rank went to ESPN Plus, ESPN 2, but also ESPN Plus, right? Um, And you heard all these potential matchups that kept getting stalled. And one side of the street that was on Fox kept saying, well, our fighters fight on national television, right? We don't fight on an app. These guys are fighting on an app. Canelo Alvarez, um, Anthony Joshua, Terrence Crawford, Gennady Golovkin. They're fighting on an app. Why would we want our guys to go over there and fight on an app? We fight on national TV. Well, you don't. The only fights, any fight that is worth a damn that's on Fox goes to Fox pay-per-view. And these fights aren't even worth a damn. These are fun, entertaining fights for boxing diehards, but this is not pay-per-view worthy material. So if there's a quality matchup, it either goes to Fox pay-per-view or it goes to Showtime, which is premium cable that comes with a premium cable rate that uh, the consumer has to pay for. So all the talk for years about our guys don't fight on an app. Why, why would we want uh, Errol Spence to fight Terrence Crawford on ESPN Plus on an app? Why would Charlo want to fight Canelo Alvarez on an app over on the zone? Oh, that's pathetic. How'd that work out for you? Because Fox is dropping their money on the cleaning lady and local programming this Saturday night while you guys are doing a pay-per-view that will struggle to get 100,000 buys. Just putting it out there. All right, that's it with the... uh, with the preview now that i've triggered everybody let's go to the phones let's do it all right uh i think we got fad and nacho on the line let's bring up fad he's been waiting longer dad what's up my man how you doing
1: hey i'm making a laugh with the cleaning lady reference i didn't even know what that was
0: dude i have no idea what the hell that is but that's what's airing this saturday night in place of pbc's big pay-per-view show Don't forget local programming, too, Thad. Local programming, that's important. Wow.
1: Infomercials. But it it brings me back to the day when I used to, as a kid, I used to look forward to um, USA Tuesday Night Fights. And they used to have either a guy coming back or or a George Foreman comeback fight. And it was usually a a walkover, but, you know, it was entertaining. It's on every week. Uh, This this so-called pay-per-view would be a decent card for the USA Tuesday Night Fights. Yeah, um, You have comebacking guys, and it's more novelty. Now, here's something that's interesting. The odds on the fight. So, um, Thurman's only minus 175. So he's less than a 2-1 to favorite over Barrios, which is mind-boggling because, A, <laughs> Thurman is the A-side, and Al Heyman wants to feed him to Crawford. If Crawford ends up signing with Mayweather, which is probably going to happen, that's the fight they're going to make. Uh they want to use Thurman as a resource, and he's more or less going to get this win by hook or by crook, and yet mm. Vegas, who doesn't necessarily give out free money except for this past weekend with the uh, Conseo fight, he was only he was even money, and I, I thought that was a wrong line. I thought he was at least a three or four to one favorite, so they give out free money, I guess now, because uh you know Thurman is, is such a life favorite, and I know it's coming ba- he's coming back from you know, a long layoff, but he is the guy PBC is protecting and they want to win this fight. Barrios is just a guy.
2: Right.
1: He was knocked out by 130 pounder. Okay. Now he's moving to 147. So it's a mismatch. And um, I don't know. Uh, people want to take a flyer on the fight like I am, you know, put some some coinage down on Thurman, you know, be my guest. Um, I, I just see that as a nice opportunity, um, with, with Eubank and, and, um, uh, Liam Williams, that's an intriguing fight too. I mean, Eubank's a slight favorite. Williams is a crude puncher, but Eubank could take a pretty good punch. So I see that as a, uh, maybe a close decision win for, for Eubank. And so there's really not much going on, but you, you did mention Cieslak, the Polish fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, the only reason why I know this because long ago I did bet on uh, Macabu to beat him. He doesn't have a chin, and Akoli is developing, yeah. and uh, he's he's six five, right?
3: Yeah,
0: yeah, he's a big
1: cruiserweight. Oh, yeah, he is gonna he's gonna knock this guy's head off. Um, he's gonna knock him out early, and he's he's a decent sized favorite. Minus once uh, he's minus seven hundred, okay. so he's seven one. So. You're going to see the levels (laughs) Uh, where Macabu is right now. There you go. This guy having a having a belt is is a sin (laughs) right now. And uh, I hope Canelo doesn't go through with that fight. It's a waste of time. It really is. If anything, um, Benavidez should move up and fight a at cruiserweight and get that belt if he wants to get in line for a Canelo shot. That's that's how
0: how yeah, consequential
1: fun. this Macabo is that'd
0: be fun yeah
1: i'd watch that if i yeah if i was his manager i'd say look we're gonna you're a big guy you're about you know you're gonna give up some uh bone density here but you you could outbox this guy easy um so in order to get a belt to fight canelo that's what you have to do and which brings me to my main point here and i've been calling it for a long time and i've been wrong before about um crawford and porter but uh andrade drop you know running from um, yeah, And Andrade thinks he's going to get a fight with Canelo. Canelo told him right to his face. He's a horrible fighter and he's wasting his time. He's looking for a paycheck. Yet he insists on this notion of thinking he can corner Canelo into a fight, which is impossible. Canelo might not even fight at 68 anymore, except after he fights Charlo. So he's going to drop. Well, he doesn't have to drop his belt because they made a they made a, a deal with the WBO to keep his belt at middleweight while moving up to, to fight for an interim belt against Parker at 168 for WBO um, interim status. So this, this, this is ridiculous. Andrade's father, again, completely gumming up the works with his son. I mean, if he wants to fight with Canelo, he's got to, he's got to get, he's got to get something Canelo wants. Right. Because Canelo knows he gains nothing by fighting Andrade. Andrade has never beaten, now get this, a standing champion or a former champion. And he's had the belt how many times? And now this is probably the best opportunity for him to gain respect amongst boxing fans, real boxing fans. And yet he, he passes on the opportunity, in fact, runs from it. And it wouldn't be, you know... People get upset about ducking and, and it's a part of boxing and there's business behind it. But here's where here's where the problem is. Andrade said he was the boogeyman. Everybody's ducking him. That's what he said. You know, he's lying to people and now he goes against his word that he's the boogeyman and runs away from a fighter who's calling him out left and right. And Jadevach actually said, I'm gonna move up to sixty eight and chase I you saw down that.
3: Down. Yeah, there's, I saw that.
1: Yeah. He's all over Andrade. He's really coming at him hard and Andrade's running. And, and that just goes to show that this guy was all about a paycheck. And uh, I'm going to say he's probably going to get knocked out by Parker. I, I just think this guy's been hiding for so long. At, at 154, all those years, he's ducking fights. He could have stepped in when Golovkin was looking for an opponent after Eubank lost his pen, if you remember that, yep. and Kell Brook stepped in. Where was he? He could have stepped in for that fight. He didn't want it. So all his career he's been hiding. And and now is his his chance to finally cement his place as a champion and he passes it up. And I would have gave, given him credit, win or lose, if he fought Johnabek. Me too. So if pe- yeah. So if people want to start, you know, flaming people that are criticizing Andrade, no. The proof is in the pudding. This was his opportunity. People gave him an opportunity, and he blew it. And by calling out Golovkin, who's already having a fight with Murata, and, and now Charlo, who's looking to fight Canelo now, you know, he's just, he's blowing smoke. He, he's a fraud. I, I'm telling you people, he's a fraud. Don't back this guy. And unfortunately, American boxing in certain circles has come to this. And, and I'll mention Devin Haney. He is outpricing himself in a stupid move because (laughs) Kambosas is very beatable. He might be the most beatable unified champ I've ever seen. And he's squabbling over money. This guy who's been getting paid well on the zone for fighting nobody and old men.
0: And this is the entitlement. It's going to end up up being Lomachenko and people are going to bitch and complain. But
1: there's a reason why it's going to end up
0: being Lomachenko.
1: Yeah, because Haney is outpricing himself. He thinks he's the A side. Kava doesn't even want to travel down there. Lomachenko is going to step in and then all the naysayers, all you're going to hear is, oh, privilege. Lomachenko is getting, it's like, Kampos has ducked him. Oh my God. Haney's the boogeyman. That's, that's the narrative you're going to hear. People are going to get, again, brainwashed the same way they did with these other guys. And it's going to be the same old story. There's never accountability. So, um, you yeah, know, with, with that, you know, take it as, take it as it, as it comes to you. So, uh, yeah, hopefully get, get, uh, some feedback from you after I uh, get off the phone here. So it was nice talking again, Mike. All right, brother! Uh, look forward to hearing what you have to say.
0: Have a good All one. Right. Man. Yeah. With Andre, look, I, I, I don't know what to say at this point. I mean, his, his situation is indicative of a lot of American fighters, um, both young and I mean, Andre's not a young fighter. I want to say he's, he's at least 30. And he's been around for a while. So he's going to move up and win this interim belt at 168. Canelo might end up vacating all of his belts and doing these one-offs against Makabu and then going to 75 and fighting Beterbiev and just kind of, you know, bouncing around. So perhaps Andre could get a vacant belt or something like that at 68. And then he could call himself a three-time title holder. But 20 years from now, will anybody remember him? Will anybody remember Demetrius Andre? I don't think so. Uh, There's, but there's a lot of fighters like that in this era. And it's just, you know, it really depends on what you want and and what, you know, what you want to be remembered for. If Demetrius Andre can win a vacant belt at 68, retire undefeated, having made several million dollars, but never really fought anybody, I guess in one way, that's a significant win for him as a businessman. But again, 10, 20 years from now, nobody's going to know who the hell this guy is. Uh, which is fine. It depends on what your goals are. If you want to get paid and and not fight the absolute best, and the, okay, and there have been guys that have avoided Andre. There have been guys that have screwed up fights for him. Uh, Billy Joe Saunders, you know, there's there's one example. For Devin Haney, he's young. Um, I, I I I give him somewhat of a pass for not wanting to go to Australia and stuff at this point, but pricing himself out and all that. When he doesn't get that Cambosos fight. And Lomachenko gets it because Lomachenko is willing to travel, willing to take short money, and he actually brings a lot more money to the table uh, internationally, brings in foreign TV money and such. People are going to bitch and complain, but the truth is they just don't understand the business and they don't understand how and why that fight is going to happen and why it should if you're Team Cambosis. Why wouldn't you take that fight? He's the guy with the belts right now, so you got to play by his rules. You know, it's not the other way around. Devin Haney has one title. I get that, but it was was an email belt. Cambosas don't give a shit about that. His team, Cambosas' team knows what position they're in, and and they're not stupid. They understand that a fight with Haney would be very difficult. Fights with Lomachenko, very difficult. Javante Davis, a rematch with Tiafimo. These are all extraordinarily difficult fights for them. They're going to maximize their leverage which they have the right to do. Remember guys, Cambosis came to America and dealt with a lot. This was during, you know, COVID and a lot of different things going on with his family and such to get that fight with Lopez and had to wait a long time. There's a lot of delays. And when the time came with, you know, when the moment came, he showed up and he won that fight. So right now he's kind of got the leverage and his team's going to make the best decision for him. And Haney's making that decision pretty easy. (laughs) So, can't feel bad for him. All right, back to the phones. Nacho, what's going on, my man?
3: <clears throat> hey, Mike, what's going on? Uh, not much. Um, I don't disagree with what you just said right now regarding um, Devin Haney. Um, I just honestly think that him and his uh, team are playing the shell game where they go to social media and they run and they and they cry about uh, Cambosos is avoiding them, he doesn't want to fight, blah, blah, blah. But then the problem is, is that, um, you know, guys like Mannix report uh, that he's asking for, uh, you know, more money than what is available to make that fight on his side. And and then he turns around and then says, no, 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 it's not me. It's Cambosos. Cambosos is the one holding this up. I've agreed to go to Australia. I've agreed to do this and that. But yet the report is something completely different than what he's saying. So. It's just hard to take him and and fighters like that seriously when, you know, people are basically contradicting what they're putting out there. And, you know, like you said, I think Loma is going to be the one to travel down there because I genuinely don't think Haney wants to do it. And like you said, I I don't blame Cambosos because Cambosos has been on the road from the time he went and fought the Eliminator in England against Selby to fighting in America. You know, and, and now he's got all the leverage. So I don't blame the guy. I bet if Haney had all the leverage, he'd be doing the same thing too. Yep. So I don't want to hear this about how oh, it's so unfair that he has to go to Australia. No, that's just how the game is played. Whoever has the belt is the one that has the leverage at this point. So I don't feel bad for him. Um, just really quick about the cards this weekend. Um, I thought a, a, uh, uh, uh looked good um Martinez I was never really sold on especially considering he was with uh Floyd's promotion I thought that they had built him up with a bunch of soft touches so I wasn't convinced he was the real deal and Saturday night proved it he he's not on the level of a guy like uh Conseo and um he was outclassed pretty easily um it was a good performance by uh Canseo. who he gets next will be interesting cuz um other than the guys who have the belt in the division for top ranks, there's not a whole lot of guys out there I think that would be willing to take him on at this point. So it'll be interesting to see what they have uh, next for him. And then uh, in the other fight, um, man, that kid that fought uh, Giron, um, he had such an awkward style that I, I don't think I've ever seen too many guys the, the way that kid fought. And what's interesting was Freddie Roach was in his corner. I, I never thought I'd see Freddie Roach cornering a kid who had such a weird mm. fighting style like that kid did. And, I mean, it's effective. It works for him. And he was able to win that decision uh, pretty uh, soundly against Hidon. Uh I'm just not sure with that style, he's going to get a whole lot of people wanting to fight him at this point. So I'm curious to see what they do with him moving forward because, I mean, he is undefeated, but I don't know too many guys who would want to take take him on considering how awkward he really is. Uh, so uh, we'll see what happens with that. Um, as far as the uh, fights coming up this weekend, Mike, um, Eubank Williams, I think Eubank should win that fight. Williams is sure. a tough hard-nosed grinder, but you know Eubank is going to try to stink out the joint. I don't see him. Uh, going toe-to-toe with Williams because that's really the only chance Williams has to even make that fight competitive. I think Eubank probably wins the decision going away, although it's not going to be entertaining to watch. Um, The uh, Bam-Quadras fight, I mean, I I give the kid a lot of credit, but I think this is a perfect opponent to move up against Mike. Um, To me, Quadras has been kind of dulled over the years. He's been in a lot of tough fights. He's taken a lot of punishment, and I think uh, Robert Garcia and uh, Bam's team see that, and I think they feel like this is the perfect opponent to move up against. And I would not be surprised if the kid pulls it off and he wins that fight. Me too. Because I I genuinely don't believe I genuinely don't believe he's getting a prime quadras at this point. I think he's getting a quadras that's on the way down at this point. Mm-hmm. But you know we'll see. Hopefully it's an entertaining fight. Um. And then uh, the other card, the, the the PBC, oh, my God. Like you said, Mike, it's just a bunch of filler on that card. Um, just a bunch of guys who literally are just, they're being given stay busy fights on a pay-per-view, which is insane. Like you said, this should be on regular Fox, but the fact that it's not is an indictment on what Fox really thinks of the product that they endorse of exactly. the PBC. I just honestly think that that's an indictment on how bad their matchups have been. And and I think will continue to be, because I don't see Fox stepping up to give them too many dates for them to put national TV cards on. So I think they're going to have to go this route as far as like some of their guys are, well, no, I'd say most of their guys are concerned because there's only so many dates on showtime that guys are going to get. So a lot of these dudes are going to have to fight on pay-per-view cards or off TV cards because I, I just don't see the PBC having very many dates on national TV to, ge- to keep up with that roster that they have, which is crazy. Um, uh, I think Neri uh, should win. Castro is a decent fighter, but if Neri is Neri, he should win that fight. Um, The other fight with Santa Cruz and Carvajal, Man, I would love to see a guy like Carvajal pull off the upset, but I, like you said, like looking at his resume, this guy's being lined up uh, for Santa Cruz for a reason. It's to re- rehab uh, Leo and make him look uh, competitive once again. And I genuinely think that if Leo has anything left, he should win that fight. Um, probably the most interesting fight is the, the replacement one with uh, Ramos and that Santa Maria kid. Those two oh, guys yeah. are young guys that are on that roster yeah. that are probably more competitively aligned in that fight than the other ones. So I think that might be the most competitive fight on the undercard. But I like Santa Maria, but I just don't think he's got enough to, to hang with Ramos. I think Ramos ends up getting him out of there late in the fight, probably like a PKO a eight or nine. I think he ends up Ramos ends up stopping uh, Santa Maria, but it should be a good fight. And then with the main event, like you said, Mike, I would not be surprised if they're trying to, you know, uh, rehab Crawford in order to give him – feed him to – I mean, I'm sorry, not rehab Crawford. Rehab Thurman to feed him to Crawford. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the plan, and that's why they gave him Barrios. But I just – I don't know, Mike. Two and a half years, a guy who's, uh, you know, not necessarily been active. I I mean, I don't care how much – Time he spends in the gym, uh you know, sparring and all that—that's not you can't replicate the same conditions of an actual fight. It's true. And Barrios has been active, and even though he lost, he's a big kid who can carry forty-seven. This isn't a, a five foot five, five foot six guy moving up to one forty-seven. This is a kid who's like five eleven, and I I would not be surprised if he carries the extra weight well, and if he gives uh, Thurman hell and I wouldn't be shocked if he pulls off the upset. Let's put it that way, Mike, because he's he's younger, he's hungrier, he's been more active, and to me Thurman is a guy who legitimately is just looking to get that one last big payday, I think, before it's over, but this might have been the wrong matchup to make for for Thurman because I'm just not convinced that Barrios is going to show up just to roll over for him. I wouldn't be surprised if the kid pulls off the upset and screws up PBC's plans in regards to Thurman. So, yeah, we'll see. All right, Mike, I'm sure you got other people on the line.
0: All right. Thanks a lot, Nacho. All right, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he brings up great points. I mean, you know, on the surface you would think that the, the A side here is Thurman and if he wins, they can do a, a fight between Thurman and Crawford and try to you know build because if, if they end up signing Crawford, it's going to be two or three fights before he gets in there with Spence, so they'll try to build that right. And uh, Thurman would be a good first uh opponent for him, but at the same time, if Barrios beats Thurman, that's something that the Gervonta Davis fans and the promoters, Floyd Mayweather, Leonard LRB, PBC can use as a justification uh, for, you know, tank fighting him last year or yeah, they fought what last year. Um, and also it would be, um, you know, like a notch in their belt. Cause they'd be like, look, man, we went out there and beat Barrios. He just moved up seven pounds and beat the former unified champion. That's how they'd market that. And then you could do Barrios versus Crawford, which they would probably prefer. Because Barrios will bring in in their, I think, in their minds the Mexican American fan base and everything. I'm, I'm starting to switch my pick on this. If this goes to the cards, Barrios might have it. Interesting, man. Interesting call, Nacho. Some good points there. All right, back to the phones. Three three six. You're on the show. Is this Chad? I think this might be Chad.
2: This is not Chad, my brother. Ah, who Your is it? Fellow <laughs> Vietnam era son. Yo, check this
4: out.
2: <laughs> check this out, man. I started watching your channel, right? And you said something. I don't know. I got pissed off. But I kept watching you, right? I said, I don't know. This, this guy talking to chat here. So I kept, I kept, I kept saying shit. And I know now why I kept watching. Because you the realest motherfucker I ever seen. And <laughs> you being in the, in the military, man, right? I know. We, we know. We know that shit.
0: Yeah. Hey man, I appreciate set, it.
2: It's different. It's different, right? Yeah. Yo, man, your show is correct. I've only watched one other boxing show, man. One other. And that guy went off the air and I, I touched on some others and the Mickey Mouse bullshit that these guys go back and forth, this schoolboy nonsense. I got no time for that. I need some people that are adults and give out the, the proper proper information.
0: I appreciate that, man.
2: I am just glad that I found your channel, my brother. I'm just glad that I found your channel because I enjoy it. Thank this, you so much. These guys that call in. These guys are calling you're welcome. These guys are call in, man. I concur. They know they shit, man. Yo. <laughs> Yo, check this out. Keith at one time was great. Forget about it. He going down. I would yeah. not be surprised if he gets speak. Just like uh, Nacho said. Yo, yeah, man, I'm Chris starting Eubanks? to think that way. Yo, man.
0: Yeah, I'm starting. Now, Yo, let me ask Chris you Eubanks? this. Does Barrios stop Yo. him, or is it on the cards? Uh,
2: I don't think he stops him. Okay. I don't think he stops him. Nah, I don't think so. But take this out. Chris Eubanks, that's a tragedy, man. That kind of went to waste. I don't know what's going on. Was it his father? I don't know what – why is he not like a champion already? Yeah. I don't understand.
0: He, he's very popular, man. He he, he's got a lot of fans. He's pop, He does really good with the ladies. He does. I've heard all kinds of stories.
2: I don't know. Yo, I don't know. He's got the talent. He, he should have he been tested already, for real tested. You know, with this Billy James Saunders bullshit going back and forth. I guess they just make the money now because – See, yeah, man. I don't know. I don't he know. Went, he was thing, in the man? tournament,
0: he was in the tournament, yeah, but he, yeah, who beat him in the tournament? Was it Groves? Let's
2: um, Groves.
0: yeah, it was Groves. It was Gro- so look, man, he went Groves, in the tournament yeah. in but 2018. Yo,
2: yo, yo, he beat him, but yo, it was close though, yeah, it yeah, no yeah, he was
0: competitive, right? And, but well, it okay, but but yeah, he, exactly. he fought. James DeGale in twenty nineteen. I'll give him credit for that. Yeah. He fought Matt Vay Korobov. Yeah. But yeah, man, twenty no, twenty remember that <laughs> his his resume <laughs> yeah. in, in twenty twenty didn't fight in twenty twenty one was shit. Nah, he
2: didn't so yeah. Yeah, it's bullshit, yeah.
0: It's, a, it's unfortunate.
2: For me, I think the man has talent the other son that's fighting, what's his name? the other English guy, um his, the other son. Connor Ben? I think he's He's getting more recognition now.
0: I think Connor Ben has more upside, uh, man. I yes. think Connor Ben's, Connor Ben's good. Son.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, he's kind of outshining him, I believe, now.
0: I think he's got but, more upside, you know,
2: man. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. 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 Look, man. I enjoy the shit out of your show, bro. Thank Damn, you so man. much, man. Yo, what, what's I your name again?
0: You I didn't get your name, man.
2: Ryan, Ryan Tate. Ryan DLP. Tate.
0: Ryan Tate. All right. Yeah,
2: I'm 67 years old, brother.
0: Man, you're 67. Holy shit! Wow.
2: Yeah, I tell
0: you, I'm a Vietnam era vet, man. <laughs> wow, man. So, wow. Okay, well, you're you're the real deal, then, man. Thank you for your service, number one, because you guys were the real deal.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: you did it for real. Yo, we both been in. Yeah, but what you guys no, did? No, I wasn't uh, in the
2: shit. I was just the era. Yo, yo, wait a minute. Nah, don't get it. Yeah, don't get it wrong. I wasn't in the shit. I was just there when it was on.
0: Okay. I was okay. in the airport. Okay. Still. I
2: wasn't in the push. All right. Well, I don't want anybody, you know, I ain't trying to. I trying appreciate to, you know, your
0: service, man. Be, like,
2: acting like nothing. You guys paved you know the know way
0: that? for my generation. So I appreciate your service, brother. Hey, man. I appreciate
2: that. Thanks a lot, my brother. But I tell you what, if I'm in Atlanta, and I probably will be sometime, I'll go hook up with you, man. Yeah, and let's get a beer, man.
0: Because then we could really <laughs> let it rip, man. You're real cool. All right, cool. That both sounds great, definitely,
2: man. Definitely, definitely. Hell yeah. Yo, take care, man. You too, man. Talk again.
0: Call again, man. All Thanks right. a lot.
2: Peace, definitely, definitely.
0: Wow, man. Sixty-seven. I think. I think Ryan might have been the show's oldest caller, which is pretty awesome, man. I, I love. I love what I do, man, because we we get calls, and then you guys in the comments, we get guys from all over the world, which I love and then we get callers of all different ages and everything like i just that, that's so cool man it's it's so cool to be able to talk to you guys about this stuff and um you know i talk to guys that are 18 15 all the way up into their 60s it's that's just that then from every corner of the earth it's just part of the fun of boxing this is such a, a global international sport and it's never been this Global it's never been this uh diverse as far as all the different types of fighters that are in this sport and to me that's what makes it that that's part of what makes it so great for me man I just it's it's cool to see that representation from all over the place and to be able to chop it up and talk with you guys from all over the world all right back to the phones man the energy that Ryan had at 67 I hope I have half that energy at 67 uh, anyway what's I think this is Richard on the line what's up Richard how you doing man
4: Mike, man, how you doing?
0: Good, brother. How you doing?
4: Oh, I'm good, man. Yeah, I man, I can curve that collar, man. You're, you're, um, you got one of the best uh, boxing uh, shows out there, man. Seriously.
0: Thank I you know so much, I man. Be I, I that. appreciate and, uh, that. Yeah, you, you guys, you guys make you it worth do, all man. the shit that I get on Twitter. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, we're here to back you up, man. All the I way. I appreciate so. it, brother.
0: I appreciate it. <laughs>
4: Yeah, happy new year, man. And uh, so I'm going to, you know, make this quick, real quick. And uh, I caught some of the calls right now, so I'm just kind of tuning in. Um, but, uh, yeah, I um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if um, a lot of people are saying that, that Mario Barrios, uh, you know, pulls an upset over the weekend, or, or at least, you know, he's going to give Keith Thurman a very tough fight. And I just, I think it just goes back to the inactivity of these fighters, you know. You know, yeah. keep, like I said, like Keith Thurman's been off for, what, just two and a half years, and and like I think, like you mentioned, just could be, you know, he's just fighting for a paycheck, you know, and Mario Barrio's always, you know, he's, he's a he's a hungry young fighter that, um, you know, that, I mean, he might not have the better skills than Keith Thurman, but he's got good enough skills to, you know, pull that upset off, so I wouldn't be surprised. Um, the only thing is, if they happen to go to the cards, though, I mean, they might, a, if, it's, if it's a close enough fight where, let's say, you felt that Barrios won the fight, they might give it to Keith Sermon. That's always a possibility. See, that's what
0: to, I don't know. Um, but now, I, but well, Rich, but let I me ask you this, because Nacho's called Ryan's yeah. call, and okay. do you think that it might be a better strategy long-term, a, a better play for them if Barrios wins? Because marketing a fight between Barrios and Crawford with the Mexican-American fan base and everything else, might be a smarter play for them. So I wonder who would get the scores.
4: That's true. That's true. That's a that's, a, that's a way to look at it in, in, in the long run, yeah. I mean, it would be a probably better um, promotion if, if, you know, like I said, if Barrios pulls up the, the win and they were to market that fight with Crawford, would definitely get more, more buzz than, than Keith Thurman, in, in my opinion. No, that's a good take. That's a good thing. That's something to uh, uh, to think about. But I, I think uh, I, I like the fight. You know, and I, I think it's an intriguing fight. Um, of course, you know, with that being said, of course it's not pay-per-view worthy. That that card. Um, most of these cards lately have been not been not pay-per-view worthy. But I like the fight itself. I think it's intriguing, and um, I know I, I know I talked to you like maybe back a month or two ago, and I, and I kind of mentioned to you like. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, Thurman or even I mentioned, like, Gary Russell, who just lost, what, last weekend, the past weekend, lost because of their inactivity. They just, um, mm-hmm. I think their inactivity is, uh, like, for Russell's case, I think it just caught up to him, you know, in, yeah, in that fight. I agree. Versus, uh, and that was, and I just want to backtrack on it, is that, um, McSyle clearly, clearly won that fight. Um. I, I didn't. I didn't think it was that close, or you know how some people made out to be, or a draw, or some people even saying that Russell won the fight. It was a clear win for McSile, and to, to know that is look at the judges' scorecards were a favor for Russell because they were too close to call in a wake. One had a draw, and the other two had it close for um, for Russell. But that tells you right there. I mean, because I, I thought they were trying to give uh, Russell, like you know benefit of the dollar where you're trying to you know help him out there to be honest with you but it was a clear win for uh McSio. and i i just think mcsio is not i don't know i don't see it too much but i don't think he's getting too much credit for that victory it's, it's more of the whole oh you know russell was off too long Oh, well, he got injured you know what i mean like i see just are too many excuses yeah for for russell and i think mcsio it, even going back a little further you mentioned you guys were talking about gombosis him too. I thought you should have got a, way more credit for that victory over Lopez. But yeah. you hear all these excuses for these fighters that they lose. Oh he had some personal issues, and okay, that might be the case. But I think so did and you know, there's, but you heard more excuses for for Lopez. So
2: mm-hmm.
4: kind of tired of hearing that. I think these guys should get a little bit more credit for their victories. So um, just kind of going a little a little rant there. Um, I mean, what, what, what do you think about that?
0: I agree. I think a lot of times, you know, people are looking at, um, you know, excuses or the reasons why a fighter lost this at the other. And it's like, well, maybe you should just give credit to the guy who won the damn fight. (laughs) That counts too. And I've been guilty of that myself, man. I've done it. I think, um, I did not give Tiafema Lopez enough credit when he beat Lomachenko at, at first, you know, I, I just looking back at that fight and, and, um, all the intangibles going in, I, I didn't give him enough credit. You know, that was a mistake I made. So we've all made the mistake, but, but I'm with you. I, I think Maxayo oh, clearly yeah. beat Russell. Um, <clears throat> and, um, Cambosas clearly beat Lopez, although Lopez did make it close at the end there. He did. But, um, yeah, right. I agree with you. He did. He did. Yeah. And
4: and, and just go back to these inactivity. That's kind of one thing that kind of, I think bugs the fans the inactivity of fighters. And, um, 'Cause am old school, man. I like the activity of fighters from back in the day. That's just I think a hardcore
2: fan would you
0: know appreciates that more when a fighter
4: is so Yeah, active. man. At least,
2: at least
0: it pays like, off at least
4: like twice a year, you know what I mean? At least twice a year. Doug, a year. if Not if, if the NFL
0: or... just put on the Super Bowl, right? We're gonna get the Rams and the Bengals. If the Rams and the Bengals had played twice this year yeah. against shit teams and now we're playing each other in the Super Bowl, people wouldn't watch the game. But because of the great playoff games you got the last couple of weeks, now you really want to watch the shit, right? You want to watch the Super Bowl. Right,
4: right, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's just uh, you know, a different time. And, and as far as the... Um, you know, not in the pay-per-view, Mike, are you? <laughs> 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 <in the>
2: yeah, <laughs> Nah.
4: Nah, and I, I'm sure it's going to be, you know, it's going to be low numbers as, as well. If I'm not mistaken, is the... Is the Carissa Shield a pay per view as well
0: this, this weekend? I don't know. I want to say that's on the zone, man. But I, do, I actually, I don't know. Let me look that shit up.
4: I, I, don't, I don't think so. And if it is, that's it, it, another, another bad cause, you know. But yeah, we've been kind of playing with pay per views already for the uh, start of this year with the, with the Don King one. Oh,
2: God,
0: again. that was and, so bad. The, it's uh, I it's heard it was Sky. Really bad. It's Sky in the UK. Okay. I know that, but here let me see if. Man, I, I thought that would be on the zone or something, but
4: it should have been. It should have been that's for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh. Everything. Everything I'm seeing is Sky related. So yeah. I I wonder if Fight TV picked that up or something.
4: Maybe maybe Fight TV.
0: Yeah. I, so honestly, I'm gonna, um
4: no, I'm going to let you go, Mike. i got to let you go here. Um, but uh, I want to wrap this up, man. Listen, it's man, kind of a recommendation, man. It's just like uh, for the show, I don't know if you could set up a, uh, a time. I know you talk about the current events and upcoming events and all that, and that's good. Um, try to do like a, like a Hall of Fame show, like a Boxing Hall of Fame. You could do like a, a Friday edition of that or something. Just talk about, you know, uh, that's kind of my thing, like fighters that, belong in the hall of fame or you feel like they don't belong the controversy with it the voting process kind of want to, you know uh you could do a show like that where people could call it and kind of give their take on that
0: just talk about fighters that are not in the hall but deserve to be there
4: yeah yeah or vice versa or vice versa all right are in that that maybe that don't belong there you know know what i mean yeah we could do that Uh,
0: by the way, man, I checked. We yeah, could definitely do that on my channel on Friday, but I checked, and you're right, it's on Fight TV pay-per-view, thirty dollars. That Ubank and Shields card. There you it's go. Thirty dollars, <laughs> dog. Oh my there god. You go.
2: There you go. So so you gotta ship
4: you gotta you gotta fork out thirty dollars for that and you and then you gotta afford what seventy-five dollars for the Barrios of thurman on the same day.
0: <laughs> Damn, that's so, terrible, man. Pretty bad, man. Yes. It's, there. <laughs> On that note,
4: so then you're, so then you're, yeah. <laughs> so, well, that's man, it, Mike, I just want to get those uh couple things off, and you
0: know. Now I appreciate it. that's a great suggestion, man. We'll do that. I I, I I actually want to prep for that a little bit so I can have some notes and stuff. But when it's a little bit slower for me, I got a lot of work right now. Yeah, I, I definitely would do that. I think that'd be oh, a lot of do fun, it man. It. Let's we'll do that.
4: Could be anything really, but like uh you know, you could do a show of like just talking about some other different topics, and I think that would be a good one because everybody's all over the place with their opinions on the Hall of Fame. You know, I love I love the Boxing Hall of Fame. I'm going to be going there this year. I've been there three times already. That's awesome. When you go there, it's all about you know meeting the fighters, and you don't think about those kind of things when you're there. Like, oh, you belong there, or I don't agree with the voting process. When you're there, you're not thinking that. But when you're like um, when when you hear about the Hall of Fame, who gets inducted, who's on the ballot, then those are times are kind of like, okay, who, you know, who really belongs on there? Who should be on these ballots? You know, is the voting process, you know, the new process of the eligibility for three years versus five, is that correct? You know, it's just little things like that that I think people have different opinions on. Gotcha. Yeah, that's all I got, man.
0: All right, man. Have a good one. Thanks a lot, Rich.
4: Uh, you too. All right. All right, all right man.
0: Uh, real quick, we're going to jump to one more caller, but I got to get to the super chat from Sam. Thank you so much, Sam. He says, uh, Thurman went blow for blow with Manny and damn near won the fight. He has a big, solid 147. Barrios gets hit too much to beat Thurman. Thurman by TKO. Hey, very possible, man. I mean, Thurman is still the big, strong, explosive, natural welterweight. But you mentioned that fight with Manny. That was two and a half years ago. And to me, that's what the x factor is, two and a half years, man. That's a long time, a long time, and nothing can replace uh actual actual fighting you know you just it's it's just different than training all right, uh one more call guys, and we're gonna wrap this up, so let's jump to the phones again, three three six, you're on the show, what's going on? So Mike what's By up? Zan,
2: it's not Ryan, it's Brian with a B. Brian I mean, ah. <laughs> That's right. it. You got it, man. BLT is my initials. Like the family. All
0: right, BLT. <laughs> that's awesome. All right. Thank you for correcting me, right, brother. Man. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, no
2: biggie, no biggie, no biggie. Take care, man. Yeah,
0: you too, man. I thought that number looked familiar. I thought it was like, is this the same number? And I'm like, no, nah, it's just the same area code. I should have asked Brian what what area code it is. All right, guys. Well, that's it, man. Um. Man, we had some great calls today, and we got a loaded schedule this weekend. So, I promise you guys, we will do a show this Friday on my channel, Ontario Unboxing, and we'll preview everything coming up. I'm sure there's going to be some more news breaking during the week, whatever. Um, yeah, so we'll do that. All right. And then um, Saturday, look for my report, the recap of the card in Phoenix on the zone. You can read it there at ringtv.com, All right. Thanks a lot, guys. You're freaking awesome. Love yous Friday on my channel. Let's do it again. Peace.
2: Have a good night, everyone.